stations. National Football League Talk every Tuesday with Bo Marchant. Covering the NFL Draft at CollegeToPro.com and the NFL Draft Bible. Covering the Steelers for Sports Illustrated. Living and running in Eastern Ohio and on Twitter X at Bo Marchant. Here's Bo with Bryant and Brett. Bo Marchant joins us now to talk the NFL. And as always, Bo tweets out before joining us his current at this time Super Bowl matchup. Right now he has Eagles versus a surprise Buffalo team. I told Johnny to tell him when uh, Johnny got him on the phone earlier that he must have, I get it, you know, long days, misspelled Brett. He misspelled uh, Cowboys. Cowboys. E-A-G-L-E-S. I don't know. Weird way to spell Cowboys. Uh, but, Bo, thanks so much for joining. What has what have you seen from the Eagles and Buffalo this year that, that has them in, in those spots? Well, you know, I think I thought uh, Sunday's game uh, said a lot. You know, I thought that was one of the best games we've seen all yeah. year. Uh, it seemed like, you know, the Eagles just know how to turn it on. And so much is said about Philadelphia not per- winning pretty, but I-, I think winning ugly in a, but in a, in a good way. Uh, it's not like they're barely getting by. They're beat, you know, they, they have a tough schedule. You know, when you think of that, you know, they played the Chiefs and they played the Bills and, you know, they did, I mean, just a gauntlet of teams. Uh, I just like the way that they're playing. And on the opposite side, I know that, you know, the Buffalo season, I mean, it's a disappointment. But I just think from that wild card perspective, when you look at the AFC, I still think Buffalo is still one of the top teams in the conference. Their record doesn't show it at 6-6. Six and six. Mm-hmm. I think they're better than Pittsburgh. I think they're better than Cleveland. I think they're better than the Colts. I think they're better than the Texans. I think they're better than the Broncos. All those teams right there in the mix. It's a matter of them stacking a few games, and I, I think there will be a dangerous team, you know. And if if they make that Super Bowl run, then you know I, I think they'll be one of the more dangerous teams. A team, I guess, of you know, almost playing with house money. If they come in as a wild card and on a division champion, which many thought they might be, and they'll be trailing the you know the Dolphins in this scenario, uh, I think they're just a dangerous team with a, a lot to play for and a lot to lose. For the Bills, do you? Th- do you trust enough harmony between Diggs, Allen, and Allen to be good enough with the ball and not turn it over for them to go on a on a Super Bowl run that would that they have to go all the way the full march to the playoffs because they're not going to get the one seed? Yeah, you know, you know, Brett. The funny thing about Buffalo, and you know, I, I think when the season started, I, I I didn't pick them to win the division, or maybe I picked the Jets or the Dolphins, but. You know, they were that rough patch. They, you know, they lost to the ugly game on Monday night, and then they went on a three-game winning streak. They really dominated the Dolphins, and that's after the Dolphins and scored 70 against the Broncos. They were 3-1, and one, and they looked poised. And I remember coming on your show, your guys' show, and saying, wow, did I overshoot not <laughs> thinking about the Buffalo Bills and how good they are. I, I just think this is the year that they haven't got. They had that three-game stretch where they look like the best team in the league. I mean, they were just dominant for that, you know, three-game stretch. They go to uh, London, they lose to the Jags, and they've kind of been, you know, weird since they've gotten back from that trip. Uh, you know, just not the team that we're accustomed to seeing. You know, and they got a couple cup. you know, they got the Chiefs. I think they have the Cowboys in two weeks. So, uh, you know, a couple big games. But I-, I just think the caliber of that team, uh, they get hot, and then they can get very cold. And I, I-, I just think them being as kind of cold as they've been, basically since they've come back from London, I just think this team has the the capacity and the ability to get hot with five weeks to go in the season, and I know they're going on their bye. But when they come out of that bye and head to Kansas City, 
um, I, I think there'll be a lot of discussion as, you know, if they can get through that game and they play the Chiefs tough, um, there'll be a lot of hype, especially them hosting Dallas the week after. Well, you mentioned Dallas and, and the Cowboys, another big win um, on Thanksgiving no, Day. We over the Dallas. We may, you're right. Our, <laughs> our, Cowboys, our Cowboys, Brett, that's right. Uh, another <laughs> big win, though, for them uh, against the Commanders, 45-10. to 10. But hey, what do you make of this team? I mean, they're blowing out the competition that, that they should be better than. But then when they've played uh, the two top teams in the NFC, they've lost the Eagles and the 49ers. Now, both those games were on the road. And then a, a road game early in the season against the Cardinals and Dak Prescott kind of, you know, said the same thing. Of we, we haven't beaten anybody. You know, we're, we're beating teams that we're supposed to beat, but when it comes to teams that, you know, might be considered better than us, we've struggled. So what, what do you make of the fact that they, they haven't beaten these kind of top-tier NFC opponents? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think in their defense, and I, you got to love me, Brian. I, I, seem like I do defend your Cowboys quite it. a bit. I appreciate uh, it. The, the 49ers game was just a complete blowout. Right. Uh, Dak played brilliant against the Eagles. Close loss, but mm-hmm. they lost by five. And, you know, in all the other games, they've really dominated, dominated. Ugly game against the Cardinals, we know that. Yeah. But despite that, they have dominated. Like you said, dominating the bad teams. And I, I still think that's a big thing to dominate bad teams. You don't want to struggle uh, against bad teams if you're on the caliber of, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys. So, you only can play what the schedule, you know, throws against you. And, you know, and they got a decent game against Seattle. You know, Pete Carroll's not out coached that many times, but they should win that game. And you got the Eagles coming back uh, in Dallas. So I just think that kind of suits up for them well. Listen, we all know this is going to come down. They're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to either face the 49ers or they're going to have to face the Eagles to get to where they want to go. So, you know, I stack your wins. Get your wild card spot. You're not catching Philadelphia. And for you and all the Cowboy fans out there, you just got to hope you kind of right the ship and break the jinx of all the playoff lack of playoff success they've had since the day of, you know, uh, Jimmy Johnson in the year with Barry Switzer. If the Cowboys won that, that first weekend game, right now it would be against Atlanta in the four versus five with Atlanta with home field. Then the next weekend after Philadelphia having a rest, if they just beat Philadelphia and didn't get to the Super Bowl, uh, uh, it, it, I think by beating Philadelphia that would have them in the NFC Championship game. But even if they lost there in a rematch San Francisco, that's a great year. It's back off everybody, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's yeah, everybody, listen. If they lose, there's nothing you can say. It's just the same old Cowboys, and you expect more, and they, and they don't they don't achieve that. Uh yeah, I guess it'd have to be they they can't lose. What was the what was like forty something to ten? I know they scored ten points. I forget what the San Francisco had in the yeah, meeting. Forty two to ten. Yeah, yeah. forty two to ten. Okay, forty two to ten. Uh, it can't be a blowout. If they if, hypothetically, if they go to the playoffs, they play the Eagles. You know, they win. They they head to the West Coast. They play the Forty ers and they play a competitive game. Maybe you hang your hat on that. But if they go out there and they're embarrassed again, then you know you got to say, what did we learn? Well, we know we've learned nothing. We, you know, we had we, we oh, the, whipped the, by the, the team. flip side. Yeah. The flip side is, is just as bad. Lose a heartbreaker, close one. Ah, McCarthy doesn't have it. That doesn't have it in the big game. Can't go. You can't trust him. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know it's just a tricky spot. But I guess really the is. one beneficial thing is, I think this is and what we what we're eleven weeks in the year. Uh, they're what eight and three. This is the only time I. Now that I think about it, and this popped in my head, we haven't talked about a Cowboys coach getting fired. So hmm. McCarthy's doing a good job, and I, I, I think so. I, I think you're starting to see 
Dak is really playing well. We all know that. I mean, the last month, the last five games, I mean, he's been sensational mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, and that maybe that's just him finally getting on a groove, you know, with McCarthy and them guys finding a rhythm because the offense is definitely clicking. I mean, they're scoring points at will. And, hey, they might be bad teams, but, hey, the Giants are winners of two straight, so maybe the Giants aren't that bad. They're 3-3 three and three in their lack six. So they're one of the better teams maybe with Tommy DeVito. That's right. You, you mentioned Thank Cowboys you. being 8-3. and three. <laughs> Cowboys are eight and three, but we are starting week thirteen. Where does the time oh. go? And this, from here on, it is money time, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's it's it's. You know, Brett, we were talking texting last week, and you're talking. You know, Thursday. I mean, great games. Saturday, all the college football action. Uh, you know, and then Sunday, you get the, you know get more NFL action. Uh, and think about it, you know, you had football Thursday, football Friday, football Saturday, football Sunday, football Monday, and great games. You know, good games. And even last night's game, I mean, two lousy teams. Neither team, you know, it's almost a battle of attrition, if you will. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, it was a competitive game. You know, and I think that's all you want. Even if they're bad teams and they play competitively against one another, it's better than just seeing a team get blown out. Mm, yeah, no, it is. Well, uh, Bo, what do you make of the firing of Frank Wright at, uh, in Carolina after a 1-10 start? Obviously, you've got the young Bryce Young there, but um, uh, a lot of people have different opinions on, on the move. A lot of people understand it, but I've seen a lot of people starting to kind of turn on Bryce Young, and I understand hindsight is twenty twenty. but I mean, I don't think there were many people before the draft saying that C.J. Stroud was going to be a way better quarterback than, uh, than than what they have in Bryce Young at Carolina. What, what do you make of this of this firing? Yeah, because well, Bryce Young didn't short, suddenly shrink. No, no, he was this size no, on draft day. He knew day. what size he was. Yeah, you know, I, I think. I mean, it's the, the the Panthers are just a bad football team. I mean, the lines. I mean, they were such a good running team last year. Uh, Hubbard and Deontay Foreman, who's now in Chicago, they were a great one-two punch. They could run the ball on anybody, and they had great success. And you know, I, I've I've said it so many times. You know how well Steve Wilkes had that team playing, you know, once he replaced Matt Rule. And, you know, they, they decided to go in another direction and bring in Frank Reich. I, I don't know if Frank had success with the Colts. That was one of the hirings where I, I don't know why he got hired so quickly in the first place. It just was such an ugly way to end his time in Indianapolis. I mean, it just never, ever materialized. And I don't think there's a time in the last couple of years in Indy where you said, wow, you know, Frank Wright is really dominating. And, and then you really get to the nutshell of it. Remember, Josh McDaniels was supposed to be the coach, and Josh McDaniels, we know, yeah. but you know, he decided not to come. And Frank Wright ended up going there, and he lived off the hype of the Philly win with Nick Foles, and and that got him that job. I really believe that, and it just never worked out. And the the, the Colts didn't play up to the standard, and I just think from the time you watched the Panthers Week One of this year to what you saw over the weekends against the Titans, I just don't think you could say, "Wow, where's the improvement? Where's something we can hang our hats on and say, hey, we are getting better than this area. And, and we know David Temper, the owner, um, he has a bad temper, it seems like. It's just, yes. you know, he's not going to tolerate this. And, uh, you know, under his reign, he's been through several coaches, and that might be the carousel of coaches that, you know, you know you're going to be on the hot seat and you're going to have to win. And that might be a good thing and a bad thing. It just mm-hmm. makes you make sure you got to work. But Bryce Jones, listen, we, we got to give the kid, you know, I mean, they traded DJ Moore. That was part of the deal to acquire him. Jonathan Mingo, the rookie receiver, he's, you know, I mean, you know, he's finding his way. Uh, you know, you you really got to be a big time Panthers fan to know, you know, the skill guys and some of the offensive players on that team. Because absent of Bryce Young, 
you know, you're going to really start, you know, scratching your head. Miles Sanders has been a big disappointment coming from Philly. And, you know, it's, it's, they're just a bad football team. And I'm not saying whoever takes over after Reich's going to turn this around in a day. Um, they have a lot of work to do, but nonetheless, uh, I don't. I don't think you give up on Bryce Young. I don't necessarily think it's his fault. I, you know, one, he takes a beating, and for him to even still be playing, I mean, he's always missed some time. Um, the offensive line isn't that good, and you talk about a rookie quarterback who's undersized that you know takes a lot of hammering, you know, behind that line of scrimmage, and they have no run game. So it's just a a big cluster of bad, and that's why you know Frank knows longer is the uh, the coach of the Panthers. That's a good way to put it. It has been just a big cluster of bad. Bo Marchant with us every week at this time, talking the National Football League. 52 weeks a year we get NFL talk from Bo during this time. And I'm kind of using Denver as my model. And they're, they're certainly surging. Who could be the team that's back of the pack now that would be a pretty tough out in January? Well, I think Buffalo. I mean, right now they're not in the playoffs. So... That's right. With uh, their tenth, they're, they're yeah, one behind yeah, Denver. That's a good one. Yeah, they're one behind Denver. So I, I think Buffalo could be that team. Uh, yeah, Houston. They look dangerous. I, you know, the Colts keep winning. So you know, you, you, it's funny when I'm six and five and you're six and five, but I feel that I'm better than you and you're not good at all. But you know, I just think you know, we're just hard to trust what they're doing. Jonathan Taylor's going off on uh, missed a couple few weeks. I know Zach Moss has played fantastic while he was gone, but uh, you know, Houston. Played a great, great game against Jacksonville. So you know, if that if field goal goes in, who knows what we're talking about today? You know, the, you know they're tied, or they're a game back, I should say, of uh, Jacksonville. So I, I think the the Bills are that team, and then on the NFC side, it's it's it's, it's hard. Uh, it's really hard to look at the NFC, and I, I imagine any of these teams uh, getting that hot and playing consistent football. I maybe, 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 maybe the Rams. Uh, you know, with Stafford, uh, Williams has run the ball well, and he, you know, and they got Cooper. They still have Aaron Donald, so you know, Sean McVay is a Super Bowl winning coach. So I can't write them off. And five and six, you know, you're looking at some of these other teams. I mean, uh, you know, are they worse than the Giants? No. Are they worse than Washington? No. I still think they're better than the Vikings and the Packers. Uh, you know, the whole NFC South. Somebody's going to get in, but. Absent of that, you know, I think they're better than them. And, and who knows with Seattle? They're, Seattle, I think, has been a big disappointment. I think offensively, I thought they would be a lot more potent. Um, they've taken a step back. I know they're 6-5, and five, but compared to how they were playing and the level of Geno Smith last year, and I'm not putting the blame on Geno Smith. It just seemed like they had a I really will. good thing. And, fair, and then you could, that's a fair assessment. But the, the Seattle has disappointed me. And I didn't think they were going to be 8 and, you know, 9 and 1, 10 and 1, but. Uh, I just thought they would be, you know, six and five, just one game over five hundred. I, 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 f- I figured they would be a little bit better than that at this point. And I guess what it is is they're really not winning in a good fashion. It just seems like they're just not him hawing around, but you know they look okay one week and then they just don't look good the next week. I, I haven't seen a game um, where they just really look like they're on, you know, on top of things. I saw a tweet today that blew my mind that Bill O'Brien. <laughs> has won a playoff game more recently than Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. That's that's, that's a wild one. Um wow. That's 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 hard to imagine, but it's that's where we're at and uh, you know, this this to think that the Giants got that win against that Patriots team this past weekend. Um yeah, we know the quarterback situation, we know everything and you know, I I didn't necessarily think Mac Jones was going to be 
Uh, you know, the next Joe Montana, I thought maybe bare minimum, he'd be a, a little bit maybe, maybe, you know. But I didn't think not, he's going to be Greg McElroy. Yeah, yeah I, I thought he would be a, like you know, at least uh, maybe an Andy Dalton-type level quarterback, you know. Mm-hmm. Somebody, you know, you could, you know, you can win with. But uh, they're going to go back to the well next year. Uh, you know, 2-9, and nine, they're going to be picking, you know, right behind the, the you know, the Bears are going to have probably 1-2, and two, or, you know, they're going to have the one from the Panthers, so. Right now, you're you're looking at the Patriots, and it's you know Arizona. Kyler Murray, you know he's playing well. I doubt they go in a different direction at this moment. And then you got the Patriots sitting there saying, with the you know the second or third pick of the 2024 draft, you got to think they're going to hit the uh, you know hit the quarterback market and uh, and sign uh, you know draft one of these rookies. Yeah, it's a it's a weird time in New England. Not what they're used to up there after all of those Super Bowls. But Bo, thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it again next week. Stay safe, gentlemen. Thanks always. Thanks, Bo. Th- thank you, Bo. Bo Marchant talking NFL with us. And happy holidays and Merry Christmas from everyone at Jason's Deli. To all of you, all the over 200 Memphis area associates with this Jason's Deli group and in every location, all decorated and ready for the holiday season, whether it's inside or like, like outside at Park Place, all, all the wreaths are up. And at all the locations, whether it's location at Ridgeway Road at Park Place, Poplar and Highland over by the U of M, down in Olive Branch or in Cordova, they're ready for the holidays. And they're ready for your holiday get-together for office parties. Maybe not the big office party that most are thinking about. That would be more for the 5,000. Whether it's for five or 5,000, they have you covered. But a lot of, a lot of people celebrate, a lot of offices celebrate with maybe a, a theme or, or, or something every week. Between now and the holidays, even the countdown of, of food brought in every day, let Jason's Deli do it for you. A variety of delicious choices for every meal, for breakfast, lunch, and all-day meals for groups of five or 5,000. Low delivery fees, and if you're kind of frantic, don't think you have your event planned just right, that's when they say, step aside, we got this, and they excel. Same day and last-minute orders welcomed at all Jason's Deli. They 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 want they want to be there for you whether it's dining in to go or delivery wholesome food forever it's a family thing and that pasta feast for the office get together or at breakfast time the sunshine breakfast box or the plain jane potato bar all the soups all the salads the assortment of cookies on the cookie tray for desserts they've got it covered then on the menu the mesa chicken salad the chicken club salad the big chef salad my favorite the taco salad and it's healthy, first franchise in the nation to be trans-fat-free, plenty of organic food to choose from, and that salad bar in every location where you can prepare it however you would like. Over 30 items to choose from for that. Catering anytime, anywhere, complimentary, free ice cream at all these locations, like at Ridgeway Road, Cordova, Olive Branch, Poplar and Highland. You can check them out online as well at jasonsdeli.com. Brett, is it time to uh, to look out for the Broncos? I think so, and and don't don't you think Sean Payton's having a little bit of a laugh? I mean, he's got to be, and I think his name deserves to be kind of in the mix for for coach of the year after what they've done of late. I mean, he's he's we, we wrote him off. Yeah, I mean, everybody did. I mean, he's proven doubters wrong. I mean, a couple weeks into the season, it was oh, same old Broncos. Does Sean Payton have that magic? He ha ha. He thought he was going to go in there and turn around immediately, and, and now look at him. I mean, they're they're kind of rolling right now. Here's your coach of the year candidate, and doesn't he always just kind of rock along, never making a lot of waves, a lot of noise, kind of opposite of of little brother, 
John Harbaugh. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. I mean, he uh, and I, the quieter of the of the two, I would say, and mm-hmm. and uh, I think uh, that's why you see a lot of headlines and you're constantly reading about one of the brothers and not the other. And he's doing a, a great job um, in the NFL, and maybe next year we'll get both of them in the NFL. But no, he's it's an unbelievable job he's doing, especially that start on Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. This is why we can't trust the Lions. <laughs> why? Well, what a crazy start. Uh, that first half in that game. I mean, what was it? Two or three fumbles? I mean, it was... Golf was awful. I, he was, he was, and, after, and he'd been so good been with the ball so good. these last two years. Been, and, and it got to the point where in that game on, on Thursday, they were talking about he has been so good protecting the ball, and now everything is just falling apart. Who, who was worse Thanksgiving Day in Detroit? How hard were you ready? Ah, okay. Jerry Goff? Or Jack Harlow? Mm, I, from what I saw on social media, I'd have to say Jack Harlow. I didn't see it, but I was told by multiple people, be glad you didn't see it. So I'll say Jack Harlow. By far, I, Jack Harlow. <laughs> by, by, John, John, I mean, well, look, I, I can I, – I, I closed with this last night uh-huh. <laughs> during, during, during Taco Bell crunch time. I can enjoy a lot of different music. I don't know what that was. And, uh, <laughs> who likes it? Me and you both was very confused what was going on. Well, why, why was he? Why did he do? Why did he come out of an igloo to perform? What was that about? I, Your and, gaze and, is as good as mine, bro. And every huh. and every look on his face looks like like that look that some teacher or coach or somebody has said, "Get that look off your face." Uh-huh, that's right. He's so right. petulant. Uh-huh. And I, I heard, I saw pictures and stuff that like, so on, obviously watching it on television, like the camera was right there. It looked like this big thing. Yeah, yeah. But I saw like people posting pictures and videos of like, if you were actually in the stadium, that it was like very small. It only like was like about 10, the, the stage was only about like 10 yards wide and like, or long. And you could like, you really couldn't see the performance at all, except for the He Jumbo was somewhere song. at college games Saturday, wasn't he? Uh, Louisville, probably Louisville. Can tell you, he, he went to Louisville. Um, um, so it might have been that one. Um, I know when, YouTube sensation Jack. That's Harlow. right. That's right. I know when. Uh, I guess when Louisville had game day, maybe um, he was like the guest picker, and he was on it last um, year. Yeah, and I, I think it's Louisville that he went to, and because um, y'all had to explain to me last year who he was. Remember? That's right. That's when they were on on. Now game I day. sadly know who you know, he is. You know exactly who he is, and you've seen a performance by him, Brett. How about that? I, I, only because I was at a place that I didn't control the remote control and nobody could uh-huh. get it off. And, 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 and I mean, even younger people kind of target audience mm-hmm. for him. They were going, what is this? What is but, Brett, I mean, you couldn't take your eyes off of it. I mean, it was just so gripping. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say I, I did take my eyes but, off. I, I, uh, I, I, I shielded my eyes. <laughs> that bad, huh? Uh, I thought it was going to be <laughs> so bad that you couldn't take your eyes off of it, but... It was so bad you had to take your eyes off of it. But uh, well, before we get to a break, I got to tell you about Hewlett and Dunn Boot and Jean on the Historic Square in Collierville since 1961. Charles Hall he started working there in his teens, and now with his wife Laura, they own the place, known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team in any season. They've got you covered with the Western wear, but they've also got work boots, safety uh, toe, soft toe, rubber boots, boots for every single occasion at Hewitt and Dunn. And from head to toe, they've got you covered with every brand imaginable like Ariat, Dan Post, Anderson Bean, whether for men or women. They've got clothing, whether it be jeans, pants, shirts, 
shorts, or outerwear, and they've got the best duck head collection you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street on the Square in Carville or to their website, HewlettDunn.com. If you're looking for, you know, just that last minute Christmas present, maybe uh, not the the boots or, or the clothing, they've also got accessories like hats, sunglasses, boot care products in every area, team snapback, cool hat you can think of, whether it be the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks and their travel uh, bag selection is top notch. They've got you covered for absolutely anything that you could possibly want to get that special person in your life for Christmas. So head over to HewlettDunn.com, but also get out to Collierville, give them a visit and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Well, let's go ahead, get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you. As our, get to our final 30 minutes of the show. Johnny Hill producing, as always. And we got to get to what's trending a lot to get to. Uh, but, Brett, I want to circle back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show. We spent the entire first segment on it um, and uh, and got you know a lot of people texting in their thoughts of it um, potential replacements if it were to happen um, but the rumors that started this morning it seems like um, you know Indiana's 247 page backs up the rumors that uh, Indiana and Ryan Silverfield could be a possibility that Ryan Silverfield um, is at least in the mix of coaches that Indiana is looking at for their head coach opening now I I am not, I am not in the camp of who are you going to get. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm not. No. I am in the camp of who are you going to get. Yes. Yes. There's a difference. Yes. That tone's a difference. And that who are you going to get, the more resolute, very much the persona, mm-hmm. the personality, the essence of Laird Veach. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he's got really good options yeah. and can nail it. Nail it. The more I think of Rich Rodriguez, if, if, if it happened, yeah. would be definitely worth pursuing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when you said that, I, 100%, that's a name to keep an eye on. I will say, because we, we had a texter earlier, I believe it was Keith that texted in earlier, and Sean Lewis, who is now the current offensive coordinator uh, for Colorado, was at Kent State, very successful head coach at Kent State. And I realized why I got it confused earlier, called him Kent State coach. For some reason... His name's been, you know, circulating for a lot of jobs, mm-hmm. but for some reason, there's like no pictures of him in Colorado gear. It's people only post pictures of him in Kent State gear, and uh, but he, uh, since we talked about that um, at the beginning of the show, he has been named the. Or I guess it's being reported that he will be named the head coach. Sean Lewis will um, for San Diego State. Um, obviously, their uh, head coach opening has been. Um, open for most of the season. Yeah, with Brady um, Hoke's retirement. Right, but it looks like Sean Lewis, and that would be a um, a very different style of offense um, to San Diego State uh, if, in fact, Sean Lewis is their next head coach. If we're having this conversa- conversation for keeps, mm-hmm. this the, my, my 
advocacy right now of Rich Rodriguez would strike against what I say about hiring coach. I've always said I would be very reluctant to a guy that has been to the mountaintop. Mm -hmm. You've been head coach at Michigan. You've been to the mountaintop. He's been the head coach at his alma mater, West Uh Virginia. So he's been to two mountaintops. Uh But he has shown that he didn't mind going back out there and toiling in the vineyards and and working his way back up. Yeah. No, you're 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 right about that, and so I, mean, I like that name a lot. I just went to uh, the Indiana uh, two four seven page to see if you know we got any more updates on their mm-hmm. opening. Because now, I mean, how about this, Brett? Now the city of Memphis is now keeping a very close eye on the Indiana head coach opening, um, and uh, this was uh, their most recent update. Um, uh, Eleven twenty eight second afternoon update. Willie Fritz. We are hearing um, that it is starting to sound like he's not likely to be a main option. The feeling is he would rather stay south, could be in the mix at Houston, could be in the mix for jobs that may open in uh, the not next be at year Houston. or so. They, they, they've made, I think really? all indications are they're going to hire uh, Coach McDreamy, Cliff Kingsbury. That's right. I did see those reports that it looks like he is the uh, the favorite at Houston, which would be a, an interesting hire. I mean, it's proven he can do it at the college level. Well, he has in Texas through and through. Yeah, absolutely. The success with Johnny at mm-hmm. College Station. Yep, yep. Seems like a lifetime ago, though, Whew, doesn't it? It feels like forever ago, Brad. Well, I mean, J- Johnny's Heisman Trophy winning year was 11 years ago. That, that's a while. Is it that's really? That's marching on. Wow, that is hard to believe. But, no, that'd be a, that'd be a great hire. I know Jeff Trailer was a name that, that mm-hmm. people were kind of saying for that Houston job. Um, so no, I, it's, it's very interesting. Um, you know, we're, we're not even into the off season, Brett, we talked about this last week when we started getting, or I guess earlier this week and a little bit of last week when we started hearing that some of these jobs could be filled is, you know, that's what you have to do nowadays in college football with the transfer portal and with how, how the game is played now is, is you have to make a, a hire extremely early. You can't wait. If you're a coach at another school, you can't wait till you're season's over if you're a team that's looking for a new coach you can't wait till other teams season is over you have to go out there immediately and start trying to find guys to fill your role yeah you have to because the players are barely checking in their their equipment Mm -hmm. back to the equipment office before they get in the pool yeah Yeah. i mean it's 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 so quick that turnaround of of new coach what did you make i saw this circulating um yesterday i guess uh when uh when Jonathan Smith, I guess, first landed at East Lansing and started talking to reporters and stuff, they had their uh, introductory press conference earlier today, I believe, um, to welcome him. But he kind of said that, you know, he's been viewing this as his landing spot since really the job came open and, and was, you know, he was, he knew he was going to be the next coach for a while. Now, I mean, very kind of, truthful and and yeah. and transparent on the whole thing and even I don't know if he said this or if this was a report that came out that he told the team before their game against Oregon that he was going to go to Michigan State and be their next head coach. Well, I find that hard to believe. That's hard I, to believe. Because yeah, that that's not the the win one for the Gipper speech. Mm-mm. That's Mm-mm. not your best motivational uh-uh. speech uh-uh. before your biggest hey, rival guys, game. Is, don't worry hey about guys, this I'm really out of here I'm in about four hours. Yep. Well, yeah. when this when the clock's hit zero, I'm on the first plane to East Lansing. And and he's not just any you know passive figure. 
played there, played quarterback yeah. there. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. So, I mean, it's at uh, Oregon State. Yeah, you're right. He is, I mean, he's Mr. Oregon State. So, but I, you know, I almost kind of like the uh, outside of maybe the telling the team before the game that you're leaving, if that is true, but being, you know, transparent of the. You know, taking the job at Michigan, I don't mind that at all. I kind of like it. I mean, because I feel like we're so we've gotten into this where a coach takes a job and goes, "Oh well, you know, uh, you know, I, I really had to sleep on it a lot, and you know, there were a lot of come." I mean, I, I kind of appreciate just the yeah, you know, when that job came open, I I was all ears. I wanted that job, and I think going into a new school, that's going to get the fan base riled up. As okay, he's wanted this job for a long time. He's ready to go and get after it. I thought he could have held out for better than Michigan State. But imagine his pregame speech. Oregon State's not going to the Big Ten, but guys, I am in about three and a half hours. Well, guys, see you later. Have fun in the Pac-2. I'll uh, I'll be in the Big Ten where everybody else wants to be. Put it put it all on the line because I'm I'm checking out. Good, but good luck. Good luck. I don't I don't I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I've said that. If it is true, no, that's uh, that that seems hard to believe. But I saw for a brief shining moment Saturday night when when Mark Stoops was head coach at Texas A and M, and in current seniority in the SEC, which Nick right, Saban geez. won, right. Mark Stoops is two, and he remains two right. since he stayed at Ken- – I don't think that will count against his seniority, will it? We don't redo we the clock, do redo we? redo the clock for those two hours? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, th- I don't think we do. I don't know if we touched two hours. Oh, uh, third is Kirby Smart. Mm-hmm. Fourth is Lane Kiffin for a brief, wow. shiny moment. Lane Kiffin was third in seniority. Top three, wow. And people have had him out of Ole Miss – since the first year, Brett, every every job opening is Lane Kiffin. Now, Twitter's not real; it's no, not real life. Not. Tennessee fans wanted him. LSU mm. fans wanted him. Mm, mm, I- mm, any mm. Florida uh, oh, yeah. opening, he's he's been in the mix for. Yeah, well, we know about last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, last year was when it got got a little crazy. And, and, and here's the thing: he's going to leave someday. Uh, yes, but who would have thought? On opening day next year, he'd be he would be on his opening day fifth year. Well, Brad, I mean, like you said, if you just go through all the potential, uh, he's leaving for this place, he's leaving for this place. I mean, if you just take those as places he's coached, he's coached at twenty different schools. I mean, it's, including it's, Nebraska, yeah. his dad, his dad's alma including right. the Vikings. Yeah, last off right. season. That's right. No, you're right. I mean, he's going to leave, but. Um, it is Miami, interesting. the, the oh, U, when Cristobal got absolutely. it. Absolutely, um, it is interesting that you know his his name out of all the coaches in college football, any I mean every single opening, Lane Kiffin is one of the first names that is that is put out there. Could people just accept that he's happy in Oxford? No, I mean, <laughs> you want me to be honest, Brett? No. In in in, in so many ways, you know, he, he's got he's got it going and yeah. and. He he can't wait till this time next year in the expanded playoff scene. No, 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 not at all. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's. I think that's kind of the way people are looking at it is, oh, Lane Kiffin, there's no way he's happy at Ole Miss. He's having success there. He would jump the first second at uh, this school or, or mm-hmm. that school. Oh, this school has more money, and they're more invested in football. And, oh, he would love that job. And, you know, so far he's turned them all down. And if he wins the bowl game, 
That'd be 29 wins in wow. the last three years. And that was with that collapse down the stretch last year. That down the stretch last year motivated him mm-hmm. and the returning players as much as anything. Cause that was really a surprise. I yeah. mean, the heartbreak of losing to Bama right. at home when it was a real chance to beat them 31 mm-hmm. 30 instead of lost 30 24. Get trucked at Fayetteville. I mean, forty-two to six with thirteen minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Then narrowly lose Egg Bowl and just one of the horrible efforts in, yeah. in the Houston, in the yeah. Texas Bowl. Yeah, no, you're right. That was that was ugly. But eh, he's uh, he's done a really really good job um, at Ole Miss. Brett, before we get to a break, I do want to uh, bring this up because it's going to be my not top story. But after all of this. Uh, you know Ryan Silverfield stuff that we talked about at the top. I had to I had to bump it. Um, did you see Tiger Woods speaking today to the media um, ahead of the t- uh, Hero oh, World? You Challenge? know I watched every second. I, I know you did. That's why I wanted to bring it up. But he says um, the uh, the I guess best case scenario for the 2024 season would be to play one tournament a month, start off in February um, at the uh, Genesis Invitational, and then try to find something in March to play in before the major starts well, March would April. be Arnold Palmer's tournament yeah, yeah, at Bay Hill. Yeah. So, and then play in that. Then and then Masters, and the Masters. April. May, Nicholas, late May. Yeah, yeah. Is Memorial that's, that's Memorial weekend? Is or does it get into June? I, I think June U.S. Open, U.S. Open, June, July Open Championship. Yeah. I mean, well, somewhere somewhere in May he's going to play in the PGA. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's the his May, but I mean in August Olympics. Yeah. So I mean, nah, I kid. Yeah, that'd be. That'd I be, wish that'd be great. <laughs> we can hope, I guess. Um, but no, I mean, I'm I'm glad that. You know, he has this idea of what could be in, in 2024, and but and I want to see him out there, but what I don't want to see, and I think Tiger Woods is past this time of, I'm just going to go out there no matter what, and I'm just going to try, try, try. I don't want to see what we saw no. last time we saw Tiger, where he is struggling, and you can see it every single time he moves, he's struggling in every single thing he does. It, it's... Not not just struggling, like he's walking on hot, yeah, blazing yeah, I mean, coals, was, and one wrong step, and like it would break in half. I mean, it was one of the toughest things I've, it was, it I've was ever awful. watched in sports. It, it was awful. I mean, just watching a a legend it, like that, the best in in the sport, look like that on a golf course was. It and was, remember, it was before we get to twenty twenty four on December thirtieth, he's going to have forty eight birthday candles on that cake. That's uh, hard to believe. Hard to believe that he's that old. Hard to believe that he's still out there playing um, in these tournaments. Been in the public eye, public consciousness since he was five. Crazy. Different world, different life to to be in the public eye that young and, and to still be in it and deliver. That's incredible. So it'll be fun to watch him this weekend and um, you know get to see what he can do and then hopefully – like he said, we'll see him once a month at least and, and see what he can do in uh, in 2024. But let's go ahead, get to our final break of the day. When we return, it'll be time for Taco Bell Crunch Time. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. 
Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today is the NFL set a Thanksgiving Day viewership record for the second straight year, averaging 34.1 million viewers among their three games. They broke last year's record of 33.6 million. The uh, Cowboys and Commanders game on CBS averaged 41.8 million viewers on TV and digital, so both combined TV and digital, which was the second most watched NFL uh, regular season game. And the nightcap, the 49ers versus the Seahawks averaged 26.9 million viewers, which made it the most watched primetime Thanksgiving game since 2015. So it was a uh, a great Thanksgiving day for the NFL. Yeah, we're a football country. Yes, what I learned, I'm looking at all the bowl projections mm. from all the different people, and I see Tulane projected for back-to-back big-time bowls. I see Northwestern in the Pinstripe Bowl. I see Old mm. Dominion in the Hawaii Bowl. I see Eastern Michigan in the Boca Raton Bowl. Cal, Cal Berkeley Ooh. in the Independence Bowl. I can't find Coach Prime anywhere. Ooh. I thought he reinvented football Ooh. back in September. Ooh. Yeah, Brad. Oh, yeah. I see. He's going to get us next year uh, with all right. the receipts. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's next year when he gets when he gets all his players in there is when he's going to get you, Brett. Oh, I'm excited. I've been waiting all day, Brett, to tell you what I could have done without today. Fear not, Oakland baseball fans, because Oakland baseball is not going anywhere. It was announced earlier today. day? I missed it. You missed it, Brett. Because it's not the A's. It's the B's. The Oakland <laughs> B's were announced today. Uh, this morning it was announced the Oakland Ballers, also known as the Oakland B's, will debut in May 2025. Uh, they won't draw any worse. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're going to be the newest franchise in the Pioneer Baseball League, an independent baseball league that is that is partnered with Major League Baseball. They're going to have a, a introductory press conference conference for the team uh, tomorrow morning at 11 uh, Pacific time. Um, but Brett, you're right. I mean, this is cool and all. I mean, it's smart to get a, a team in or in Oakland just to say, hey, fear not. You know, we're here. I mean, it's going to make the headlines. People are going to talk about it. Uh, us in Memphis are going to talk about it because it's hilarious and a thing. But I mean, you, you think an independent baseball team in Oakland is going to draw when... 
the Major League Baseball team drew absolutely nobody? I, I don't think so. It also said they're going to play their home games. I don't know if this is until Oakland moves out or if this is going to be at all times. They're going to play their home games at Laney College Baseball Field in Oakland, so they're not even playing in the Coliseum. I hope that changes once the A's are out of town, but I just thought that was weird that you're making this big announcement. Oh, Oakland, baseball's here to stay. The B's, it sounds like everybody in the the uh, Oakland local government, like, uh, you know, it was in on it and like big supporters of it, but they're not playing in the Coliseum. I thought that was a little, a little strange. Reggie Jackson not walking through the door. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Could have done without this. I want to hear a little more evidence and proof of what actually was said. But so far, from what I'm seeing, not anything uh, really off-putting was said. And, and, And people do not have a right to say anything no matter what they paid for a ticket mm. and, and what they're saying from the stands, we know what is unacceptable. We know. We know what you don't say. But all reports are last night in Los Angeles at home, Russell Westbrook does not like the Westbrook term. Oh, yeah, and that's so. what is being said that was said. Mm. That is not a shot on his family. That's not no. something he has to explain to his children. No. Too bad. And, you know, here's what goes with making $340 million that he's earned every penny of. Sometimes you get called Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's going to happen, and, you know, I I hate it for you. He's played in five NBA final games ever. Wow, wow. Hmm. Yeah, I saw that story last night, and uh, I And that's what got a friend of mine in trouble at FedEx Forum last year. I remember that. I remember that, and so it sounds like uh, it is I want an entire arena Um, to chance it and see if he'll walk out. Oh, uh, he he might. Um, But, uh, no, I saw that last night and and thought that was – a little, a little strange. Uh, where are you beaming tonight? Uh, for NBA group play uh, tonight. Okay, whatever. Eleven yeah. and five, Oklahoma City against twelve and five, twelve and four, Minnesota. Mm, Brett, I'm going to beam to the big college basketball game tonight. Eighth ranked Miami at twelfth ranked Kentucky. Part of the ACC SEC challenge should be a great one on ESPN tonight. Can you believe the U has been to the Final Four more recently than John Calipari has? Hard to believe. Hard to believe. A lot of people will tell you differently, but it's not true. They have been there. It should be a really fun night of games with a good slate with that ACC-SEC challenge tonight in college basketball. We've got the in-season tournament in the NBA, so so some really good games out there tonight. But that's all the time we have today. Enjoy your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock.